ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فنوذ حديث ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله تجاوز لي عن أمتي الخطأ والنسيان وما استكره عليه حديث حسن رواه ابن ماجة والبيهقي وغيرهما In this hadith of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that indeed Allah has pardoned for my ummah their mistakes or forgetfulness mistakes and forgetfulness and that which they have been compelled to do i.e. under duress Allah has pardoned the mistakes and the forgetfulness and the actions that are done under duress, meaning you were forced to do something. هَذِهِ بُشْرَى لِلْمُؤْمِنِ Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, this is a glad tidings to the believer, this particular narration, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has pardoned from the ummah of Muhammad, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Al-khata' The mistakes Al-khata' Yani Iza akhta' al-muslim Wa amila ma la yaliq Wa kana khata'an Ghayra muta'ammad Falaysa alayhi Shay'un Wallahu subhanahu Afa'anhu Meaning that if a believer Makes a mistake And he does something That isn't suitable And appropriate But he did that Unintentionally, he ended up doing something by accident, ended up doing something not intending it or purposely doing it. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. Then there's nothing upon that person. Allah forgives that individual. Similarly, anisyan, forgetfulness. Ida nasiya wa taraka ta'a. Oh, taraka shay'an nisyanan la ta'amuda. So if a person, he forgets to do some obedience, or he forgets to uh, do something else because he forgot out of forgetfulness, not because he left it on purpose, or maybe he did something, he did something forgetfully, not intentionally and purposely, لا يؤاخذه الله عز وجل فضلا منه وإحسانا. Then Allah سبحانه وتعالى does not hold him accountable upon something which may have occurred due to an error or forgetfulness. لكن الفرض لا يسقط بالنسيان فيأتي به قضاء. However, this does not mean that if somebody forgets to do something from forgetfulness, not purposely, <coughs> if they forget to do something and it's an obligation, then that doesn't mean it's forgotten now when you remember that it must be done. 
For example, a person, he forgets to pray. Something happens, some severe circumstances here and there, and the time passes and he forgets to pray. But then when he remembers, he needs to pray. You can't just say, now I forgot and it's got late now, so I don't pray. If you forget for whatever circumstance, something severe happens here and there, and you don't pray. But then when the things calm down, you remember the prayer. So now you've got to go and pray. You can't just say, well, I forgot and the time's gone a bit late now, so forget it. The obligations must be performed. Forgetfulness doesn't mean you can just leave them then. But what it means is, if it was genuinely forgetfulness due to whatever circumstance, then inshaAllah ta'ala, as the hadith mentions, you are not held accountable upon that, but then you do perform it. Then also the Prophet said, وَمَسْتُكْرِهُ That which a person is forced to do, compelled under duress, he doesn't wish to do it, but he is compelled and forced under duress to do it, and he doesn't want to do it, then he will not be held accountable upon that. If he is forced to do a sin or something wrong, and he doesn't want to do it, but under duress, then he is not accountable upon it. Uh, <coughs> because a person who can't choose, somebody comes and they threaten you with your life and they're about to kill you and they make you do something which is haram, and otherwise they're going to shoot you or kill you, under duress, under the being forced, under the situation where you are forced and <coughs> compelled, then the person is not held accountable. That's like Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, مَنْ كَفَرَ بِاللَّهِ Whomsoever disbelieves in Allah min ba'di imanihi after he had iman illa man ukriha wa qalbuhu mutma'innun bil iman except for the one who is forced to utter some words of disbelief yet his heart is content upon iman his heart is content upon iman <coughs> His heart is content upon iman, but he is compelled and forced to do something which may be kufr. Then that person is not accountable upon it. فَإِذَا أُكْرِهَ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى فِعْلِ الشَّرِّ وَهُوَ لَمْ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُؤَاخَذُ عَلَيْهِ So if a person is forced to do something evil, and he does not desire to do it, but he is forced then he's not accountable upon it, because that was not his intention, not his purpose, not his desire to do that thing, but he was forced to do it. He was compelled to do it. He was told, do it, otherwise your life, for example. وَهَذَا فَضْلٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ And this is a virtue from Allah. This is a virtue from Allah that he does not hold accountable the one who was forced into doing something when he did not want to do it. <coughs> and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the Qur'an, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ To Allah belongs all of that which is in the heavens and in the earth. 
وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ And whether you make apparent or conceal what is in of yourselves, whether you make it apparent or it is concealed, Allah will hold you accountable upon it. When this ayah was revealed, شَقَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى الصَّحَابَةِ Then it was difficult upon the Sahaba. They thought they would be held accountable for things that they think about even. Because this ayah says, whether you conceal it in of yourself or you let it out, Allah will hold you accountable upon it. So the Sahaba were <coughs> confused regarding this. They thought that perhaps this would mean that they would be held accountable for the thoughts that they have in their hearts. Uh, so this was difficult upon them. Because they thought that even the ideas they have in their hearts, the thoughts they have, they would be held accountable upon them. وَجَاءُوا إِلَى النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم. So they came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to ask him about this and to inquire regarding this. They came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and they said, كُلِّفْنَا مِنَ الْعَمَلِ مَا لَا نُطِيقُ They said, we've been burdened with something we can't handle, we can't do it. We've been given something we can't do. قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. So the Messenger of Allah said to them, أَتُرِيدُونَ أَن تَقُولُوا كَمَا قَالَتْ بَنُوا إِسْرَائِيلِ سَمِعْنَا وَعَصَيْنَا قُولُوا سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا The Prophet ﷺ said to them, Do you want to say just like Bani Israel said, that we hear but we disobey? Rather say we hear and we obey. قَالُوا So they said, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and we obey. وَاسْتَسْلَمُوا وَآمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ And they submitted to the command of Allah, they submitted to Allah, and then Allah revealed the ayah, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ كُلٌّ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرَسُولِهِ That the messenger, he believes in that which was revealed to him from his Lord and the believers. All of them believe in Allah and His angels and His books and His messengers. ثُمَّ أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بَعْدَمَا آمَنُوا بِهَذَا وَاسْتَسْلَمُوا وَلَمْ يَعْتَرِضُوا Then, after the companions, they submitted to this. They said, okay, we hear and we obey. The ayah says you will be held accountable upon that which you conceal and that which is apparent. <coughs> they said, okay, we hear and we obey. So when they submitted to Allah, and they humbled themselves in front of Allah, and they said, we hear and we obey. Then after that, the ayah was revealed. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا لَا مَا كَسَبَتُ عَلَيْهَا مَكْتَسَبَتُ That Allah does not burden a soul more than it can burden. Allah does not burden a soul more than it can burden. فَفَرَّجَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَنَسَخَ الْآيَةِ So then Allah made this ease for them. And the previous ayah was abrogated. إِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ That if you conceal or you make it apparent, you'll be held accountable on it, on it all. Rather, this ayah then came in explanation or in detail to explain the affair that actually <coughs> you will not be burdened with more than you can handle. You will not be burdened outside of your capability. Uh, 
قال الله قد فعلت فاستجاب الله هذه الدعوات منا كرما فله الحمد والمنه وهو سبحانه يختبر العباد so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests his slaves Allah tests us and that is mentioned in the Quran الذي خلق الموت والحياه ليبلوكم ايكم احسن عملا Allah is the one who created death and created life to test you which of you is the best in action so no doubt this is a test and Allah created us to test us فقد اختبرهم بالايه الاولى فلما استسلموا وامنوا بها حين ذاق خفف عنهم so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested them with that first ayah but when they submitted and they believed then the other ayah was revealed to let it be known that you are not burdened more than what your soul can handle so the point is inna Allah tajawaza li an ummati al-khata wan-nisyan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven and pardoned for this ummah forgetfulness and mistakes. And that is as it mentions in the Qur'an, رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِن نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا Oh Allah, do not hold us accountable if we forget or we make a mistake. There is an example of that we once mentioned in the lessons about Ramadan several months ago. Where is an example with regards to Ramadan? If you eat something accidentally. If you eat something accidentally, then what is the ruling? Then your fast isn't broken, you carry on fasting. If you're fasting in Ramadan and you genuinely forget, and you start eating something, then you remember, it's Ramadan, you're fasting. You remember, then you stop eating straight away and you carry on for the rest of the day and it still counts. If you genuinely forgot, not if you purposely do it, but if you genuinely forget you have a, a snack or a bite, then you remember halfway you're fasting, it's Ramadan. So then you stop eating straight away. If you carry on, your fast is broken. But when you remember and you stop straight away, then your fast carries on because that was forgetfulness you ate. You ate from forgetfulness. So here that's what the dua means. رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِن نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا Oh our Lord, do not hold us accountable if we forget or we make a mistake. Similarly in another ayah of the Qur'an Allah said, وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ فِيمَا أَخْطَأْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَكِمْ مَا تَعَمَّدَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ That there is no burden upon you if you forget or you make a mistake, or rather if you make a mistake, uh, rather it is what you do purposely What you do and you intend it If you forget and you make a mistake Then Allah pardons that But if you do something on purpose And you do something bad Then that is what you are held accountable upon So this is a virtue from Allah That He does not hold us accountable For a mistake that we may make Or if we forgetfully do something Or forget something or if we do something because we are forced and compelled under duress. And this is uh, something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had punished the previous nations with. That they were held accountable on some of these affairs. But this ummah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made ease upon it that we are not held accountable upon these affairs of forgetfulness or compulsion under duress. 
or uh, mistakes that we may make. Nevertheless, this indicates to us that a person needs to learn the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Not that you stay ignorant. Some people they say, then in that case, I'll just not learn anything about the Qur'an and the Sunnah. I'll just not bother learning anything about Islam. So if I make any mistakes, I'll be forgiven anyway. That's wrong. If you purposely don't seek knowledge and you don't bother on purpose, then you're accountable for your shortcoming. That is a shortcoming from you. You can't purposely not seek knowledge. Purposely say to yourself, I won't bother learning about Islam. That's wrong. You have to learn about Islam. You have to learn about the sunnah. Learn about your religion. So you don't make any mistakes and you don't fall into error. After that, the next hadith of Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhuma qal, أَخَذَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمَنْكِبَيْ فَقَالْ Ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma says that the Prophet took me by the shoulders and he said, كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبَ أَوْ عَابِرَ السَّبِيلَ Be in this world as if you are a stranger or a passerby, a traveler. Be in this world as if you are a stranger or a passerby, a traveler. And so Ibn Umar used to say, إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَذِرَ الصَّبَاحِ If you make it to the evening, then don't expect, don't think it's a certainty that you will live till the morning. وَإِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَذِرَ الْمَسَاءِ And if you live till the morning, then don't think it's a certainty you're going to make it to the evening. وَخُذْ مِنْ صِحَّتِكَ لِمَرَضِكَ And take benefit of your good health before illness comes to you. وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ and from your life before death comes to you. Narrated in Bukhari. So this hadith now, the first part of it, the Prophet ﷺ took Ibn Umar by the shoulders. He took him by the shoulders uh, in order to get the attention of Ibn Umar. And it also shows the humbleness of the Prophet ﷺ, the modesty of the Prophet ﷺ to place his hands on the shoulders of Ibn Umar in that way. Shows the modesty and the humbleness of the Prophet ﷺ and that he was genuine and sincere in the advice he wanted to give to Ibn Umar to show that way of holding the shoulder, sincerity and genuineness uh, in giving that advice. So then the Prophet ﷺ said to Ibn Umar, be in this world as if you are a stranger or as if you are a passerby. And this is a general advice. An advice which encompasses all of the affairs. A comprehensive advice. In all of your affairs, be as if you are a stranger. يعني لا تنبسط في الدنيا وتشتغل بها عن آخرتك. Meaning, don't get so involved in this world as if this is the life and that's it. Don't get so involved in this world, in all of the different things, in the wealth, in the money, chasing after this, chasing after that. Get so concerned and so deep into this world and you forget about the hereafter. Rather the advice is, be in this world like you're a stranger, like you're passing by. Not like this world is your final place and you're going to be here forever. You're a passerby. Think about the hereafter. That's what the hadith and this advice means. Because a stranger, هُوَ الَّذِي يَكُونُ فِي بَلَدٍ غَيْرِ بَلَدِهِ A stranger is somebody who's in a place that is not his normal place. 
So a person who's a stranger, if you go to a, a new place and you're a stranger there, you're not really going to be able to relax. You don't relax in new environments, unfamiliar environments. You don't really relax there. And that's what the hadith means. Be like you're a stranger in this world. Don't relax and get comfortable like you're going to be here forever. Be as if you're in unfamiliar surroundings, you're passing by. And think about the hereafter. Not to get comfortable here as if this is your place of residence now and that's it. So don't start to have desires about living in this world forever and getting yourself organized and settled in this world as if this is it. Rather be like a person who is preparing to return back to his actual place. A stranger, when he's in a new place, traveling somewhere, unfamiliar, he's there, but he's not comfortable and relaxed. He's thinking about when he's going to go back to his actual place. And that's what a person should be like. You should be thinking about when you're going to go back to the actual place, the hereafter, where you will reside forever. This place is only temporary passing by. And this world is not a place of living for the Muslim. Muslim the place of living, the residence for the Muslim is paradise. And you are only found in this world, you are in this world now so that you can work and do your actions to get to paradise. That's the reason of your existence here. So, you do what you need to do in this world for the sake of the hereafter. Do your worship, do what you need to do. Do your job and whatever you need to do to earn, to look after your family and fulfill the responsibilities. Do what you need to do with regards to that. And fulfill the worship and the obedience and work for the hereafter. Because this world, it doesn't stay forever. It's not something which remains. And that's why a person, he does not start to think that this is something that will remain forever. Rather you busy yourself with the hereafter, not busy yourself with this world. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, أَوْ Be either like a stranger or a passerby, a traveler. وَالْمُسَافِرِ إِنَّمَا يَسْتَرِيحُ فِي أَثْنَاءِ سَفَرِهِ ثُمَّ يُوَاسِرُ سَفَرُ وَلَا يَسْتَوْطِنَ A traveler, when you're traveling along, you may stop at certain places to take a break and to take some rest, but you continue traveling. You don't ever reside in a place and stop. To stay there and live there forever. You're a traveler. You carry on your journey the next day or the day after. So this hadith, this part now, it means be like a traveler in this world. Meaning don't get yourself settled. Don't get yourself settled in this world as if this is your final residence. Rather know that you're just traveling through. And that you will eventually pass through and go to the hereafter. Because this world and the time you spend in it, مُدَّتُهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا قَلِيلًا It is only a short time period you'll spend in this world. And you are traveling towards the hereafter. The days and the nights they pass by taking you towards the hereafter. And this is what's suitable for a Muslim to be like. A stranger passing through this world or like a traveler passing through this world. Not settling down and relaxing as if you're going to live here forever. وَأَنْ يَكُونَ هَمُّهُ الرُّجُوعِ إِلَى بَلَدِهِ 
and that your importance, your thinking, it should be about returning to paradise, going to paradise. That should be your focus, not this world. So you prepare for that. You prepare for the hereafter. So when Ibn Umar heard this hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, he used to say to the people, when he heard this hadith about being a traveler through this world, he used to say to the people, إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَذِرِ الصَّبَاحِ وَإِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَذِرِ الْمَسَاءِ If you make it to the evening, then don't wait and expect to be alive in the morning. And if you make it to the morning, don't expect to be alive in the evening. بَلْ meaning, meaning, don't delay in doing your actions. The point of that, what Ibn Umar used to say to the people was, don't delay. Don't think to yourself, well, it's the evening now, I'll do some goodness and worship tomorrow morning. I don't want to do it now, I'll do it tomorrow morning. Ibn Umar used to say, don't expect you'll be alive tomorrow morning. If you get to tomorrow morning, don't say, in the evening I'll do some goodness and worship and obedience. Who knows you'll make it to the evening or not. So Ibn Umar used to say this to them, so that they would realize they need to be hasty in their worship and obedience to quickly go and do that. Not to waste the time and say, I'll do it tomorrow, the day after, next week. And to repent, make the repentance and seek the forgiveness. For the sins that you've done, not to say I'll make the repentance next week or next year. Because maybe, لَعَلَّكَ لَا تُدْرِكُ الصُّبْحِ Maybe you won't make it to the morning. فَلَيْسَ لَكَ إِلَّا السَّاعَةَ الَّتِي أَنْتَ فِيهَا So you in reality do not have other than the time you are currently in. The time you are currently in, that's what you're in. Don't expect the next hour or the next day or the next month. ثُمَّ قَالْ then Ibn Umar used to say, خُذْ مِنْ صِحَّتِكَ قَبْلَ أَوْ لِمَرَضِكَ Meaning, take benefit of your good health before the illness comes to you. A person who's in good health, you're able to fast and you're able to pray the night prayer and you're able to do the da'wah and you're able to do lots of goodness and worship and obedience when you're in good health. But when the time comes, إِذَا سَقِمَ وَمَرِضَ A person becomes ill and weak then that individual may not be able to fast, he may not be able to pray standing, he may not be able to do lots of things. You may be weakened in that state of illness. So Ibn Umar used to say, take benefit of your health before that illness comes to you. And similarly, وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ قَبْلَ أَوْ لِمَوْتِكَ And take benefit of your life in this world, the life that you have now before death comes to you. Prepare for that death and prepare for what will come after the death. فَاللَّهُ أَعْطَاكَ هَذِي الْحَيَاةِ وَهَذَا الْأَجَلِ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ تَسْتَغِلَّهُ فِي مَا يَنْفَعُكَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Because Allah gave you this life in order that you could use it to do things that will benefit you in this life and in the hereafter. To work towards your hereafter. فَلَا تَصْرِفْهُ فِي اللَّهِ وَاللَّهِبِ وَاللَّعِبِ وَجَمْعِ الْحُطَامِ So don't waste it in messing around and playing around. The shaykh says, don't waste your life just messing around and playing around, wasting it here, wasting it there. Rather you need to be worshipping, reciting the Qur'an, memorizing it, reciting the hadith, learning about Islam, praying. That's what a person needs to do, not just wasting it here and there, playing around. So this is what Ibn Umar, he used to mention to the people as an advice. فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْمُسْلِمَ أَنْ هَذِهِ الْوَصِيَّ دَائِمًا بَيْنَ So it is... Befitting that a Muslim keeps this advice in front of him all the time. Focused on this advice all the time. وَلَا يُؤَجِّلُ الْعَمَلَ إِلَى وَقْتٍ آخر قَدْ لَا يُدْرِكُ 
and not to leave your actions to another time and you may never make it to that time. Not to say as people say when we get old, then we'll start praying and we'll go to the mosque. How do you know you'll get old? What if you die when you're still young and you might be doing evil actions and you end up in hellfire then? So don't waste time and say I'll start doing it when I grow up and I'll start doing it later. Rather start doing it as soon as you learn about it and as soon as you know you're supposed to be doing it, then start doing it. فَيَكُونُ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبٌ So in this world, be as if you are like a stranger or a passerby and do not delay in doing your actions and do not waste your health and your strength in doing wasting of time and other useless things. Rather use that time and that health and strength in worshipping Allah and your life, do not waste it here and there messing around. Rather use that for something that will benefit you in this world and in the hereafter. And that is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a general encompassing advice from the Prophet ﷺ and then from Ibn Umar regarding how a person should be and his mentality should be. Not his mentality. His mentality should not be that you are here forever and get involved in this world, running after this world. Rather you're passing by, do what you need to do. And use your time in worshipping Allah and in obedience, preparing for the hereafter. And not to delay in that thinking, I'll start tomorrow, I'll start praying tomorrow, I can't do it today. Not to think that. Maybe today you don't do it and you know you're supposed to be doing it, and by tomorrow you're already dead and you never do it. So a person should not waste that opportunity at all. In fact, in the Quran, Allah even mentioned about some of the disbelievers, when the truth came to them, the truth came to them, the evidences came to them, the proofs came to them, and they knew that it was the truth. However, they rejected it, and they didn't accept it. Then Allah sealed their hearts and their eyes and their hearing. So when the truth ever came to them again, they wouldn't even recognize it as the truth anymore. And that's what happens to some people. You might be at a stage in your life when you realize, you know you're supposed to be practicing, you know you're supposed to be praying, you know you're supposed to be following the sunnah, what you need to be doing. But you don't do it. Then maybe in a year's time, or two years time, you didn't bother doing it now. A couple of years later, you attend lessons and lectures and you hear the same things again. And then it doesn't even affect you then. You could be in a state in a couple of years where you hear the same lectures, but then you don't even bother. It doesn't affect you then. Your heart has changed. And you don't even care that in two years time or three years time when you hear the same advice. So when you're at a stage in your life, you hear the advice, you hear the hadith, you hear the ayat, and you know what they mean, and you know what you're supposed to be doing, then that's a blessing from Allah, that your heart has been opened up to understanding. So don't use, don't waste that opportunity. Use that opportunity and take it, and start practicing and doing what you need to do. Because if you don't, then the next time, two or three years later, when you go to lectures again, you start hearing things again, maybe then you go... And you don't even care. It doesn't impact you on your heart like it did the first time. That's mentioned in the Quran about the disbelievers. How afterwards their hearts were sealed. So the guidance wouldn't impact them anymore. So don't be in that state where you uh, lose the opportunity. And then later on that opportunity doesn't come back to you. Because even when you hear the things afterwards then. It doesn't impact your heart anymore. So when it does impact your heart and you're in that stage. Then practice it and grasp that opportunity. Because it's a blessing Allah has given you. So many people, they are not guided. So if Allah has guided you and you've seen the truth and you realize it in your heart, then you practice that and you cling on to it and you start doing it. So this is the advice in this hadith and we'll conclude upon that today. And inshaAllah, 
In two weeks time, we'll have the next lesson, which will be the final lesson in this particular book that we are doing. The final lesson in the 40 hadith in two weeks time, inshallah ta'ala. And then after that, of course, the lessons will still be continuing with a new book. So inshallah, we'll carry on in two weeks time. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. If the sisters can leave first and then we can clear up.